Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us too. We are on computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And if you're looking for something fun and engaging for your kids to do this summer, I got a few ideas that must leave for you, starting with College for Kids. Kids in Meridian. Joining us to tell us a little bit more is Brandon Deweese with Meridian Community College. Hey, Brandon. How are you doing, Rebecca? I'm not going to complain. I'd love to go ahead and send my kid off to college and just get one step ahead of the game, but I don't know if exactly <laughs> that's how your program goes. But uh. That's great. <laughs> well, you know, that is basically that's the idea, right? So um, this is what we know, Rebecca. We're told that, that by the eighth grade, students are choosing colleges. I mean, like the real deal college that they want to attend. So uh, for over 20 years now, now, MCC has been hosting College for Kids every summer, and the idea is that, no, the 6- to 12-year-olds are not coming to take, you know, calculus and English 1 and 2 and all that kind of stuff, but they are coming to take really fun classes, and it exposes them to our campus. It's enriching for them. It's a great way for them to use their time. But sure, we want your student to go ahead and be prepared to to make plans and come to MCC. Well, I think this is great on a lot of different levels. I mean, some kids never make it to a college campus. Well, unless they're going to game day, then it's sort of like a family outing and you do get on campus. It's not really seeing the the classrooms and such. Um, But it also gives them this idea at an early age, plants that seed, that college is the next step right like for me it wasn't an option like my parents were very like so what college are we going to what are you going to study like it was very ingrained and there's a lot of kids who don't get that kind of encouragement early on and that's where you see they may fall off or, or not figure it out so you guys are trying to get them to also look at community colleges as being Absolutely. a good option yes ma'am and i think that there's I think there's a really important lesson. If I, I have twin sixth graders, right? This is going to be their last year in college for kids. And every year for the past several years, I take them the flyer and I say, hey, what are the things that you're interested in? What are the things that you want to learn more about, the things that you find joy in? 
let's go get a little bit of training in those areas and see if it helps you enjoy those things more. And, you know, that's also, that is the model for the community college system. We have students that come through MCC and absolutely they want to go straight to a four-year institution. When they finish with us, they want bachelor's degrees. They want master's degrees. That's fantastic. We offer those classes. But we also have, I think it's the number is between 40 and 45 career and technical programs now where students can choose the things that they're interested in, they go get some training, and they see if it puts them on the pathway to a career. Um, it can be life-changing, right? So, yeah, college for kids is definitely about college. That's what it's about. But you have a little bit more fun. You mentioned it's not English 1 or algebra. Right. That would scare them. Slap away from, from college. No testing in that way. So what is it? What are some of the areas that your sixth graders or other students that may be interested in it could Absolutely. come to college for kids and learn more about? That's a great question. Um, so we have we have all sorts of classes, right? Try to have something for everybody. I'm looking at a flyer right here. Uh, I'm looking at art made easily, right? And uh, students go in that class and they paint and they glue things together and there's glitter and there's sparkles and it's fantastic. Uh, we have a nursing 101 class, music mania class. We have cheer. We have cooking for fun. Uh, we've got drama classes. One of the classes that fills up so super fast is all about animals, right? Students get to be hands-on with all different sorts of animals. I've seen horses and chickens, puppy dogs, kitty cats. There is literally something for everybody. What are the hours for College for Kids? That's a great question. We drop off each morning. Now, our, our program takes place in two one-week sessions. These are the first two full weeks in June, and uh, we're Monday to Friday. Drop off at 8, 8.30. We're going to start about 8.30, so we want students to be here and be in the gym, and we're going to be finishing up each session a little bit before lunch every day. So between 11.30 and 12, we'll be uh, completing, completing the activities for the day. So basically, it's a great way if parents are looking for someone for their students to get involved in the morning. It's a half-day program. You still want to have your freedom. You still want to go hang out at the pool, do all of those things. Um, this is a really good opportunity. What about those parents that are listening to Good Things, Brandon, and maybe they've got a, a senior that's coming up graduating in May, hadn't really thought through the next step uh, for them in their education, or maybe back up, they've got a junior that's sort of going into their senior Absolutely. year next year, and it's still kind of on the fence or lots of questions about what could come next. How can um, Meridian Community College maybe help answer questions or even open their eyes to opportunities? That, that lie there? Yeah, that's a great question. I appreciate you asking that, Rebecca. So 
I always say that seeing is believing, right? We, the, the number one thing that I believe we fight here in the Meridian area is that because MCC is such a staple of our community, uh, because we all grow up in this region and we hear conversation about guaranteed tuition and Sometimes it's easy to just think that we know what it is that MCC has for us. I would invite students, I would invite parents, come put your feet on our campus, let one of our recruiters tour you around our facility, let's go talk with an advisor, let's go see the programs, let's go stand in Brian Warren's CNC laboratory that is literally known all over the nation. Let's go and look through the industrial maintenance program seeing is believing. People should reach out to the institution. I'm going to throw a phone number out here and a website. Uh, They can call and just ask to speak to a recruiter, 601-483-8241. That's 601-483-8241, or they can check out our website, meridiancc.edu. And if they were interested in the technical trainings, you mentioned 40 to 45. There's been a lot of good awareness raised around for students to have options after they graduate and what like the career next career choice could look like um, and or go back to school. So I know we've mentioned we're, we've we've covered the, the gamut, Brandon, from sixth graders to seniors. And now maybe, you know, you're having a midlife crisis. Does uh, sure. does Meridian Community College have something for everybody? They do, absolutely. And, I, you know, our average student here at MCC is in their mid-20s. That means that we have students who are here earlier than average, 16, 17 years old, but it also means that we have adults. Uh, they're folks who are, are parents. They're already working, right? Uh, MCC, we know this. We believe as educators that education is the pathway to make the change in our lives that we so desire, right? And um, MCC, it doesn't matter how old you are, we want you to come. Ages 6 to 12 for college to college for kids, ages literally anybody. Um, we're an open enrollment institution. If you're not a great test taker, if you didn't do well on the ACT, those things, we're going to ask for that ACT score, but that's just so that we know what classes to put you in. We are open enrollment. You are welcome to come here and advance your own life. Everybody can come. And I think every parent of like six to 12 year olds should hear that what you opened with, Brandon, was that most kids start to think about where they want to go to college if that's the route for them. I know that's not for every student around that eighth or ninth grade. So it's never too soon just to start talking to your kids about what they are thinking about in the future. It's also a good reality check for them that, you know, ninth through 12th grade and the rest of your life, like you've got, (laughs) there is life to live post-graduation and it can look different uh, for everybody. So is, and when will enrollment wrap up for college for kids? When should we make sure we get on that if we're interested in it, Brandon? I believe, now listen, you you asked me one that I'm scared I'm going to misquote. I think more than we need to be concerned about enrollment being closed, you need to worry about the classes that your students might want to take filling up. So time is of the essence, but if I'm not mistaken, we've got about two, three more weeks of registration uh, for College for Kids. So I would say show your students the website. 
check it out, figure out what classes you want, and go ahead and get signed up as soon as you can. All right, Brandon, I appreciate your time here on Good Things Today. And everyone else, stick with us. we got more for you up next. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Something big's happening downtown. Good things are going on. There's so many good things happening on main streets and downtowns across the Magnolia State. So today we are highlighting what's happening downtown this weekend. It is brought to you by the Mississippi Main Street Association. Don't forget, you can always go to msmainstreet.com slash calendar to get more information on upcoming events. And this weekend, like most in the spring and summer, are jam-packed with fun things to do. Coming up first, we've got County Line Music Festival. We've got Shelby Scott with Baldwin Main Street Chamber joining us to tell us a little bit more. Hey, Shelby. Hey, how are you? Well, this looks like a lot of fun coming up May 6th. I love the posters and sort of the retro throwback theme. So what does County Line Music Festival got for us this coming up weekend? So this weekend we've got lots of live bands coming to visit town. Um, Everything starts at 11 o'clock. Live music will actually start at 11.30 starting with Autumn Brooks, Chance Stanley, Brothers Wyndham, four-wheel drive, Joe Austin, the Tallahatchies. Um, then we'll have Hannah Roy and Carly Spires, and then finishing up with Eric Nanny and 20 Mile, along with Will Obar Band. Wow, that is a good lineup there. Is it going to be like an outdoor um, stage, or how's that going to work? Yes, ma'am. It's all outdoors, um, right directly downtown on our main street. Well, give us a little directions to good old Baldwin. Um, If we're not familiar with our Mississippi geography, where are you guys located in the state? Maybe what you're best known for uh, if we want to come out and try something new. If you want to come out and try something new, we are about 20 minutes um, north of Tupelo, right before you get to Boonville. Um, You hit off the Highway 45, and we're right downtown there. Um, come out and try. We've got uh, pork rinds coming. We've got, like I said, live music coming. We've got lots of food trucks, lots of good food trucks. We've got a soul food truck coming, um, Cajun food, lots of fried foods, lots of um, arts and craft vendors that are going to have some wooden stuff made, um, all kinds of different things going on. I got to ask, is the county line like there? Is it the county line between the city? Because, you know, every small town, you got a county line. And so is it like the actual county line there in Baldwin where the where the festival takes place? Yes, ma'am. Um, our county line actually splits our main street. Oh, that's cool. I think everybody knows when, where the county started, uh, wherever they sort of grew up. I think that's that's super cute. Okay, is it come and go? Is it, do you have to get in by tickets? What else do we need to know, uh, no, Shelby? It's, it's come and go. It's free admission. Um, we'll have a beer garden. Uh, Queen's Rewards Meadery will also be set up giving out samples of wine, and you can buy a concealed bottle from them. Um, we'll have all that going on starting at 3 o'clock along with a cornhole tournament. All right, y'all got everything going on there. Is there anywhere online, Shelby, we can go to continue to um, plan our trip to Baldwin for the County Line Music Festival? Uh, Check out our Facebook page, the Baldwin Main Street Chamber. Um, We are always posting every day. 
All righty. Well, I know you got to rush off because you got a um, meeting about the upcoming event. So hope everything yeah. goes well for you there. And Thank you guys you. have great weather. And now you've got me wanting uh, pig skins. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your time. Alrighty, up next we got Miss Barbara, or maybe it's Miss Amber. They are with the Market Market Street Festival there in Columbus. Just so many good things happening all week. Hey, ladies. Hello. How are you? I am doing well, Miss Amber. How are you doing? And you are the fantastic. You are the festival coordinator, which means you're probably super busy. So I appreciate. We are a little busy over here at the office in Columbus, but we are gearing up for a great weekend. We are super excited to host the 27th annual Market Street Festival on May 5th and 6th. Well, anytime you've got something that's in its 27th year, Amber, you know that the community has definitely bought into it. I mean, it's not just sort of a fleeting thing. So, oh, ab- absolutely. It's definitely grown over the years, and we work each year tirelessly to make it bigger and better than the year before. So what's going on this weekend there in Columbus? Well, everything kicks off Friday evening at the Columbus Soccer Complex with a free concert. We have two bands, um, one that's a local band called the Bouncing Betty. They begin at 6 p.m., and they're followed by Dr. Czar's Amazing Punk Monster at 7.30 p.m. And uh, the next day, downtown, throughout 12 city blocks of our historic downtown, we will have over 220 arts and crafts vendors, 25 food vendors, two music stages, 10 musical acts, over 35 children's activities. We have a 5K run that morning. We have a car show. The list just goes on and on and on. There's definitely something for everyone of all ages to come out and enjoy. Did we just hear the train, Miss Amber? Yes, you did. <laughs> See, that's the kind of cool stuff you get when you visit different main streets <laughs> and, and downtowns. It's, you know, life is happening, and it's it's a lot of fun. And most of these towns just stop for the weekend to put on a great event. And so if we want to plan our trip to Columbus, what else is around town for us to maybe stay or do or, or sort of think about? Oh, my goodness. We have so many um, great restaurants. We have a very vibrant downtown, so not only will vendors line the streets, but all of our downtown merchants and restaurants will have sales and great specials to offer. Um, Just check out our website, MarketStreetFestival.com, and we also have up-to-date information on our Facebook page as well. All righty. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a wonderful weekend. People need to, if get, I guess, get to planning or just get in the car and come on out and hear some music and have some uh, some great food. So I appreciate your time, Amber. All right. We'll see everybody in the street this weekend. All righty. And there's one more to share with you. This goes back to Pelos Way. You might remember here on uh, Main Street Wednesday, we talked about the wind down Tupelo. Well, or uh, they had to postpone it. And so because of the weather back at the end of April. So they are kicking that back off this weekend. It's going to be rescheduled. It was rescheduled due to the weather. And so it's the same thing, though, as we talked about here. You're going to be able to come out and enjoy great wine vendors throughout uh, downtown. It is a ticket purchase 
ticket purchased event for you able to go and sort of sample and shop and go through. So if you would like more information on if there are tickets left or how to still use your tickets, you can go to TupeloMainStreet.com for that. So hopefully the weather will participate better. I guess, is that the way I'm, yeah, we'll be better this upcoming weekend. We'll participate in everybody's event a little bit nicer um, for everybody that's having something going on uh, outside. And don't forget, you can always go to msmainstreet.com slash calendar to get more information on any upcoming events. There is always something happening downtown. Take these opportunities to get out, see the little events that are going on. Don't bypass those, and you will be pleasantly surprised. You will also be helping to support local and small businesses that are feeding right back into your community. We got the opportunity to um, pop into Brandon Jubilee this past weekend. So sorry if you missed out on that, folks. But it was like a mini fair who came to the Brandon Amphitheater, if you're familiar with that setup or ever been to a concert there. And y'all, it was great fun. It was really cool. Our communities work super hard and tirelessly in our main streets to provide these fun events that are locally um, sort of centered and uh, yeah give the community the opportunity to come out and fellowship and get some good food and things of that nature I know Clinton used to be Tupelo used to be your home Rhino Clinton also used to be your home who has some incredible events also it just makes for a fun living experience when oh, yeah. you got those local events to look forward to y'all had some good music out there on the bricks over the years. Well, that was one annoyance, though, living on the brick streets is... It's all in perspective. You got they, free concerts. Well, I got free concerts, but I usually parked on the street in front of my old place, and they would always block that off as backstage, and I'm like, well, um, I'm I'm not going to park backstage. I'm not going to be that guy and move the barrier and stuff, but y'all can't really stop me from being backstage if I walk out the front door and I'm just there. This is true. <laughs> did you ever scare anybody? Big guy? Uh, I just did walk have out? A, a bouncer security kind of guy get agitated with me until I said, You see that window up there? That's mine. So, uh, yeah, y'all are in my backyard. Well, that you, we all have to sort of bend and be flexible whenever the community comes uh, comes together around our, our downtowns and streets. But for the most part, I would say that um, it's it's people enjoy it. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, we've heard that, too, from the different events that we've had the pleasure of being at. The locals have to embrace it to uh, let all of the weirdos who are coming in take over and then they go back out um, but some of these smaller events though it really is just for the local local communities to get out and sort of enjoy and um, I think the part is just fellowship you just get to do something different on a Friday or Saturday get some fresh air shop for some Mother Day presents don't forget that's coming up guys you can find those presents on your main streets as well but stick with us we got more for you coming up next Maybe not. Baby 
stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. And where down we go? Watch good things. We are on computer, your mobile device. You can watch us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find us on YouTube. And you can watch us too on Ceasefire TV if you've got that. We are on channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel, which I think we'll all be sad when the weather changes because the last couple of days, if not the last week, have been quite lovely and calm, I would say for the most part, in the Magnolia State. You can also catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, Rhino, every day I look through the national days just to see if there's something fun and interesting to have a conversation about and today is national interpreter appreciation day and i thought you know what of all professions that deserve a day of appreciation i feel like they should i had no idea there's over six thousand six thousand five hundred languages in the world i mean if you think about back to your schooling you had the option of learning spanish well english hopefully Spanish, what? French. French, and that maybe? Uh, Occasionally you would have a a random teacher that was interested in a language that would teach you. You'd have a class for German at one particular school or a class for Japanese at another school. or I think Tupelo even offered Latin for a while. But usually if you wanted to dive into other languages – you would have to wait till you got to higher education or to And even then your you're not gonna you're gonna have a hard time finding a college with a specialized language program that's intensive for all sixty five hundred of the languages oh, absolutely. out there. Absolutely. I because mean, I would without knowing for sure but just guessing, I would imagine over half of those are regional or local dialects or offshoots of languages that You'd kind of have to go there to learn it. And kind of be within the culture or whatever it may be. I was thinking about the fact that the new movie, is it The Covenant or whatever? Or what's the new? Jake Gyllenhaal. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Um, Yes, that's based around a story of an interpreter and how important that was. But then my mind went to the Goonies. (laughs) When it goes wrong in terms of interpretation and um, how... I guess, uh, important they really are and how much trust you put into someone to try to tell you what you were, thought you were being heard versus or sharing what it is that you're you're going to say. There's, you know, it's a, a profession of a lot of trust. It um, takes a, a decent amount of brain power to translate something in writing, let alone having to listen to it in real time, contextualize it into another language, likely with different syntax or sentence structure, and make it make sense to someone. Yes. And I know Darren and Jackson, our kids need to learn English. I get that because that's our native language and they should be able to communicate well with that. 
But what fascinates me about children, particularly those of um, homes that have split languages, maybe they had immigrated families who did it the right way and they're U.S. citizens, and but they still speak their native tongue or have elders in the home who do. And when they grow up in that environment of having to live between two worlds as kids, they just naturally are able to pick up and be able to fluently speak back and forth. And then they become their household's interpreter for the older generation into, uh, you know, and sort of. And I think it's more fascinating to me is just how the brain, when given the opportunity at a younger age, can really expand what a human can do or say or think, you know, when taught when during that sort of palatable years when they don't recognize how hard this really is. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a window of time in in a child's development where pretty much anything they learn is going to sink in and 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 take hold easier than it does later on and and it gets harder and harder the later on you go in life unless you exercise your brain like a muscle. Like there are ways you can stay sharp and and keep your wits about you but there's there's a relatively short window of time in early childhood development around the same time they usually start learning their first language if you introduce them or expose them to a second or even third language in that window even if they don't learn much more than basics that foundation makes it easier to learn that language or other languages later on. If you could speak fluently in another language, what would it be? If you could choose, would you? If want? I could choose, probably Japanese. That one's really hard, right? Yeah. What's What's the one that starts syllabic. with an O? Um, it's a certain type of, I think, Asian language. But they, or is it writing in? Oh, I can't think of it. It's the. I think. It's I mean, the, it's, Korean has super difficult little, little circles that are a big part of their written language. That's super difficult to learn. I'll have to. I will. I will hold that thought and bring it and bring it back to you because Johnny West Point says he's very fluent in Southern, and so so am I, Johnny. And so I would have to be very careful what other language that I would choose because our Southern dialect doesn't always translate to other languages and vice versa, you know, very I mean, going well. back to the interpreters, think about how difficult it would be to explain a colloquialism to someone from another country in a different language. Like, the just off the top of my head, as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. To l translate that literally into something would be difficult on in and of itself. But then it's completely lost on someone because they don't have the, the context of the culture for it to make sense. What is interesting to me, though, is how two calm humans who speak different languages, maybe add in the calm part, because, yeah, who are trying their darndest to communicate with each other respectfully for directions or ordering or whatever it may be, you figure it out. You somehow, through shared either hand, like we all have more commonalities than not to be able to communicate if you really respectfully and calmly want to figure out what the other is trying or to reciprocate. Their, their nature finds a way to do that. And I would 
guess that that's somewhere deep down ingrained in our brains the ability to communicate in a in a common form whether that be body language whether that be pantomime whether that just be hand signals or point and say and then they point and say but think about it i mean before the internet before even the widespread knowledge of the printing press with books back in the time of scrolls you still had people that traveled the world it's not like they could go to a library and pick up a dictionary for aramaic to spanish they just had to experience it they had to go live in it and learn much slower than we do now where you're walking down the market and you point to a fish and you go fish and they go fish do you know how you know i'm laughing because i I looked it up to to figure out what one of the hardest languages to learn i said start with an o but the reason why i said start with an o because i always remembered it sounds like an orange but it's not an orange it's mandarin chinese but i think of mandarin oranges every time i hear mandarin chinese and so that's how my that's why my brain only knows it's really working hard on, on one language at one time but Mandarin Chinese is the number one language listed as the most challenging to learn. I think it's the it's the it's the you way know. you have to change your entire thought process. There's, from my understanding, Mandarin Chinese, the same sound produced by your vocal cords, your soft palate, your tongue, the same exact sound emphasized in a different way means something completely different right and it's all in the emphasis and then you have past that after the emphasis context clues which means you have to be fluent enough to understand the context clues in the sentence or it may be something completely different well that's just like being married and having a conversation it's all in the delivery the emphasis the context clues you got to read into all of that because fine can have 14 different meanings and messages depending on the entire context of the conversation in which was had but it's just a little more difficult in mandarin chinese but to hear it it's fascinating to me it's fascinating to hear other languages spoken fluently like two people just having a conversation it's like y'all really get it y'all really know what each other is completely saying and they feel the same way when they're hearing you know english if that's not their native tongue as well if you want to go down a weird rabbit hole there's a whole chunk of youtube out there where people have tried to replicate what english sounds like to non-english speakers and it's pretty funny what is it that has like its own fake language it's not star wars people it's the other i mean star wars has its own made-up languages too but star trek is the the one one that's, that's notorious for having people that actually speak the languages from the shows and movies like Klingon with a whole bunch of umlauts. There is something for everybody. Stick with us. We've got more for you up next. Rebecca.
Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. can listen to good things we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm we're also streaming from the supertalk mississippi app of course you can always find us too on your local supertalk mississippi radio station don't forget you can watch us we are on computer or your mobile device just go to supertalktv.com speaking of different languages and dialects what do they speak in scotland um don't make it usually english but scottish there's a I don't remember if they call it Scottish or if there's another name for it, but there is a dialect that they can speak that the English don't understand. Well, it's good to know it's English because if you've ever wanted to buy an island, there's one that's fairly reasonably priced that's up for sale for only $188,000. Like, really? Like, when you think, I know that's not chump change. We all don't just have that in the bank. But, like, when you think about... Oh, but when you think about buying an, an island, island, you could actually walk into a bank and go, hey... Can we work this out? I know it's not one of these multi-million dollar islands, but I, I, is there a 50-year loan I can get on this? It's an isolated private island off the coast of Scotland. It's for sale. It's got the asking price, as I mentioned, right at $188,000. There's got to be a catch. Barkalow Island, 25 acres. It's uninhabited. It's got. It's about six miles from the nearest town, which is Gatehouse. A fleet is being listed online by a certain group the island contains a flood pond to support the local wildlife during the winter months but no buildings or services the listing agency said the island is part of the something coast site of special scientific interest which means its natural areas are protected by the british government aha there's the catch so i guess you can't build on it you probably can't even pitch a tent on it Ah, so the listing agent said any buyer seeking to bring power to the island would not be able to connect to any energy grid, but they could be able to install solar panels off grid technologies. So it has been renowned for centuries as a place of unique landscape and natural light. It has attracted many artists to the areas in the 19th and the 20th centuries. And it can be reached on foot during low tide, but a boat would be required during high tide. So I feel like we should all pull our resources together <laughs> and buy us an island. I feel like there's definitely a catch. Why hadn't somebody else whooped this up? Or maybe it's just whoever's selling it's at a low point in life and would want it. Would you want a private island? Oh, yeah. It would be <laughs> you, awesome. You're like, not even going to... For the price of a house or less than the price of a house? Yeah, give me an island. Is there anything about island life that you wouldn't like? I mean, I'm, I'm not fair-skinned, but I, I do have to burn a couple times before I start tanning. So I imagine just living the island life, it would be rough for a couple weeks every year or so. And then I would just, I'd be brown leather. Would you be would you be okay with no internet connection? I could think I could live with it. It would take a little getting used to, but as long as I have access to the nearby town and I can get books or mail or something there, people could send me books. I, I don't mind reading, so yeah. 
That'd be interesting to get mail on your private island. Could you imagine, like, the wait for that? And then your mail carrier, like, have to wait for low tide and then walk their happy tail up to your... Like, where do you put your mailbox? Do you put it, like, with the... T- do you put it on your island or do you put it... No, I'd probably have a P.O. box in the nearest town. I wouldn't even worry about having anything Well, stop thinking realistically. Me. Like, you've really thought this through. Well, here you go. For $188,000, you can get yourself 20... You couldn't even get 25 acres inhabited. Mm-mm. For $188,000. It's a steal no. just for the dirt in the ground. I know. I feel like there's got there's got to be, like, leeches or some sort of animal. I imagine the, the protections given to it by the government mean that uh, any animal wildlife on the island, you would not be allowed to hunt for food. Yeah. Probably protected. Probably couldn't do a whole lot of landscaping. Any buildings you put up would probably have to be considered temporary since it's a wildlife refuge i don't know it'd be interesting you know even if you it'd just be like the whole life above zero it. people in alaska except you're in and you own scotland it? which i mean latitude wise it could get a little iffy is it cold there well i mean it is the northern part of england and my mind just can't hold space for snow on the beach it's like, I just, I'm sure it happens somewhere. Oh, yeah. But, like, I can't. I mean, Greenland's covered in an ice sheet, and it's got beaches, and it's cold. You're ruining all my realities today. <laughs> I would like to just. Apparently, the language of the Scots is Scots. I was to say, is it something I should have known that was, like, very Also obvious? known as Scottish Gaelic Albaeus. Or Buria Galita, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm, aren't they the ones that wear the skirts? Kilts. Kilts. Oh, yeah, you don't call it a skirt. Interesting. Y'all buy it. Y'all let, invite Rhino and I out. We'll come and visit your private island. All right, stick with us. You got more up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I'll meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.